Alrighty. This will stay, yeah. Oh! Alright. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this evening, amen? Um, <clears throat> Alright, so if you guys can turn, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Uh, there's actually going to be a couple verses I'm going to be going through first, but 1 Samuel 8 is where I'm going to primarily be this evening. Um, while you guys are turning there, the title of my message, um, for those of you that know knows what message I had preached uh, about a little over a month ago, I preached a message called, Why Good Moral People Go to Hell. And uh, this is part two of that message. And uh, going to be talking and getting into the the really the pride aspect of it because really people who claim to be good and moral people uh pride is what encompasses their behavior because you know again they don't see they don't see their need for salvation or a savior they don't see their need for you know they don't really see the fact that they're sinners they just think they're good moral people um but they also have that you know, pride issue. And so tonight we're going to be taking a look at pride, but we're going to be taking a look at pride as in the lens of doing things right in your own eyes. And I'm going to tell you something. If there's anything, if there's any, if there's any issue that we have in this nation right now, it's that. People are doing that which is right in their own eyes. Not in God's eyes. And that, I'm going to tell you, is not going to lead into a good path. Because we are on a path and trajectory on what Israel went through. You see, history repeats itself. So, let's, a couple verses here. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8, it says, Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. Um, Judges 17, 6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And again, we see this again. You know, what? when God says something twice, he doesn't say it because of his health. When God says something twice, he wants you to perk your ears up. He wants you to pay attention because there's something important that he wants to get to you. Okay? And so we see this again in Judges chapter 21, verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Now, I will say that when you take a look at what, what God gave Moses, God did actually prophesy that Israel will have a king. They will have a king. But we have to take a look here at the context of what's going on in Judges. See, Judges, they just did, it says there is no king in Israel. Well, in your mind, well, you'd be thinking, well, what about God? Isn't God king of Israel? Yeah, he's king of Israel. But if you think about what they did, do you think they really accepted God? Do you think they really accepted his word and wanted to follow what he did? No. Because if that was the case, 
then they should not have done that which was right in their own eyes. But they did, which shows you there was a rejection of not just God, but God's word. And this here is it's very dangerous to be living in such a manner. And if there's any Christian, and I'll tell you, born-again Christians are not susceptible to being exempt from that. They're susceptible to it. We as born-again believers are susceptible to doing that which is right in our own eyes. And we can, e- we can even do it without realizing that we did. We can do that which is right in our own eyes, having just even good intentions. You can have the best intentions and yet still do that which is right in your own eyes. But the difference is, is that when it comes to God's kids, God's going to chasten his kids. He's going to correct his kids. Amen. That's what he'll do because we are his kids. So first Samuel chapter eight, and we're actually going to go through all of it, if not most of it tonight. First Samuel chapter eight, we're going to start here in verse one. It says, and it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the second, and the name of his second Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba, and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Wow. That sounds an awful lot like what's going on now, isn't it? You know, think about the the political persecution against Trump. I don't want to get too political, but let's take a look at Trump here for a second. He's not one of my most favorite person on the face of the planet. But the sad thing is, is that they're going after him for some really weird, nonsensical stuff. Shouldn't be happening. And the only reason why the Democrats and the far left are doing it is to get him out of the race. They don't want him going back in the White House. And the reason why I make that point is if if they can do that to a former president, how much more would they do that to you and me? See, when you've got something like that going on, you know we're in trouble. You know, you've got, okay, think about, uh, what was it? It was in New York. Um, who was it? It was uh, Letitia Will, uh, what, William, I can't remember that, the DA or the prosecutor's name, but uh, Letitia James, I believe it is. Uh, Letitia James and the judge, now check this out. Letitia James in New York and this judge, they already predetermined he was guilty before they even started trial. You know, in this nation, it was supposed to be innocent till proven guilty, right? But now it's starting to flip to guilty till proven innocent. See, that's, that's perverting judgment. And we're seeing a whole bunch of that. People taking bribes. People doing things. And by the way, what's the essence of that? Money. That's all they want, money. You know, that's dangerous when people do things for money. 
Amen. Exodus chapter 23, verse 6, it says, Thou shalt not rest the judgment of thy poor in his cause. Deuteronomy 16, 19, Thou shalt not rest judgment, thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise, and pervert the words of the righteous. You see, <clears throat> God does not have respect to persons. But we've got politicians in this country that do. You know, they'll go after Trump and after his kids. Oh, but God forbid if they go after Hunter Biden. Nope, we got we got to make sure he's covered. You see, they're trying to do everything they can to, to, to keep Hunter as, quote unquote, innocent as he can be. But Hunter Biden, he, he, he's as guilty as anything else. And people want to try to make him out as to be some sort of, you know, innocent person who's being victimized. It's not right. You see, well, I will tell you that when God judges, he's going to judge everybody equally and the same. And what standard is that? By his word. Amen. Ain't nobody going to get away with their sin. Mm-mm. God's going, to have, God's going to do it by one standard and one standard alone, and that is his word. First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse uh, 2 through 3. This is uh, the um, basically the uh, requirements for a bishop. It says, a bishop must, then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Not given to wine, no no striker, not gritty, a filthy luger, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. You see, we're not to do things out of filthy lucre, and yet Samuel's sons, what do they do? Did things for lucre. Mm-hmm. Took bribes. That's what they did. Again, Titus chapter 1, verse 7, For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2-3, says, Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. You see, as Samuel had appointed his sons to be judges, you would think they would have been an example to to the house of Israel, right? Because they were judges. Now, I'm not saying that they have to be 100% pure and perfect, no. But they were living a life of sin, willfully. It wasn't like Samson, though Samson had his own issues. But you know what? God was with Samson even to the very end of his life. Amen? Sure, he had his hair cut off, but you know what? God gave him the strength to bring down the whole that whole temple. And Samson killed more Philistines in his life, in his death, than he did in his life. Um, now, picking up here in verse 4, 
It says, And all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in their ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all other nations. You know what really astounds? You know what really is really interesting? Israel was saying, Hey, Samuel, your sons are not doing right. Give us a king. You know what that shows? Israel's hypocrisy. They were going after Samuel's kids for not being right, but yet Israel themselves weren't right. Israel was not right because they wanted a king. They didn't want God. They wanted to be all like the other nations. So you see that there's a hypocrisy in Israel that they were complaining about how Samuel's sons weren't great, but they themselves weren't that great either because they wanted a king. You know why? Because they did that which was right in their own eyes. You see, that's a danger. When you start doing that which is right in your own eyes and not God's, there won't be just a rejection of God. But if you don't repent, it's going to be a rejection of God's word. And as we will read, you know where that got, you know where Israel, you know where that got Israel? Well, they wanted a king. Samuel was grieved about it. God said, Samuel, they rejected me, but they didn't reject you. Give them what they want. But tell them in the manner of what king they're going to get. And as we will read, the king that they were going to get was not pretty. And you find out later in 1 Samuel that they anointed, that Samuel anointed Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin. Sure, he had a great start. But Saul's end, he consulted a witch and a familiar spirit. And because of and because and because of Saul's disobedience of of not killing all the Amalekites, God wanted them wiped out, and Saul kept them behind, some behind. You know why? Because he had a fear of man. See, that's what the fear of man will do to you. If you have a fear of man, the fear of man will get you to disobey what God said. And Saul disobeyed what God said because of a fear of man. And Samuel confronted him about it and said, Samuel, you rejected the word of the Lord. The Lord reject thee from being king. It's too late. By that time, it was too late. God wasn't going to speak to Samuel. Oh, no. Samuel. Sorry. God wasn't going to speak to Saul by prophet or by anything. Even Samuel was done speaking to him. You know, it's a danger. When you reject the word of God, when the word of God becomes silent in your life, that's extremely dangerous. It's a bad place to be in. But I'm going to tell you something. There are people like that today. They're God-haters. 
They hate the word of God. And if they don't repent, God can hand them over to a reprobate mind. And once he does that, they're done. Once a person's handed over to a reprobate mind, they they won't get saved. You know why? Because they have no desire to be saved. Oh, but boy, in their eyes, they think they're good moral people. Nope. If God's word said there is no one that's good, no, not one. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14 to 15, it says, When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein, and shall say, I will set a king over me, like as all the other nations that are about me. You see that? God was pro- God prophesied to Israel that they will actually have that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. He, God prophesied to Israel, you will have a king. But you know what, you know what the sad thing is? wasn't going to be God. It was going to be a human king. I just want to ask you all, who's king in your life? This is Jesus Christ. Is Jesus Christ your king? Or are you not wanting him to be king? Because if you're not wanting Christ to be king, eventually God's going to send a strong delusion. And it will be God that will choose that delusion. And God will send a strong delusion to those who don't believe in Christ. Why? Because they refuse to believe in the truth. Well, we see that God is prophesying that God is prophesying that there, they, Israel would get a king. Uh, Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shall thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. So God's saying, if you're going to have a king, better be from your own family. Not some stranger from another land, but from your own people. Amen. And you take that and take that in the equation of, of, of the presidency. Why do you think the founders were so, so set on having a president that was a U.S. citizen. Because they understood that it should be of our own people and not a stranger. Amen? Now, Hosea chapter 13, verse 10 through 11. I will be thy king. Where is, in, where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities? And thy judges of whom thou saidest, give me a king and princes. I give thee a king in mine anger. And took him away in my wrath. Now, let's continue on here um, with verses 4 through 8. It says, But the thing displeased Samuel, and they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of, up out of Egypt, even unto this day wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods. So do they also unto thee. You see, God made it very clear and plain. Give them what they want, because they rejected me. They didn't reject you, but they rejected me. And check this out. God even says, 
that they reject that Israel rejected God to where he, he didn't want them ruling over them. You want to know the, 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 the consequence of doing that which is right in your own eyes? The consequence is if you don't repent of doing that which is right in your own eyes, if you don't repent but you still stay in that, when the Antichrist comes, you'll follow him blindly without question. And you'll think the Antichrist was the best thing since sliced bread. Why? Because when you do that which is right in your own eyes, you're going against what the Word of God says. You're going against God. And I'll tell you, if you go against God, that is one battle you'll lose. You won't win. <clears throat> now, continuing on here in verse 9, it says, Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and shew them the manner of the king that shall rule over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots, and he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and ye shall be his servants and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king which ye shall have chosen you and the Lord will not hear you hear you in that day. You know, there's a day coming that all those who want to do right in their own eyes, those who want to be God-haters and rejecters and reject the word of the Lord, one of those days, those people are going to be handed over to the Antichrist. And at some point, they're going to be judged. And that judgment's not going to be pretty. Because all those who will take the mark of the beast will be tortured so bad to a point they wish they would die. But you know what? They won't die because death would flee from them. That's pretty serious. And I'm not trying to play games with anybody. I'm not trying to scare anybody here. But I'm telling you, this is the reality of it. If I don't speak the truth and I'm doing everyone here a disservice, amen, I have to speak the truth. I have to speak and preach the whole counsel of God. Brother Bill has to preach the whole counsel of God. Anybody who's behind this pulpit has to preach the whole counsel of God, whether it is favorable or not. Amen? Um, Proverbs, chapter, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 25, it says, But ye have said it not, all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 15, And when you... 
And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Micah chapter 3 verse 4. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Oh, what a sad day that's going to be for those who take that mark. You see, it's not the mark of the beast isn't here yet, because obviously the beast isn't here yet. But we're seeing things in politics, even in what's going what even with, with, with COVID and stuff, they tried pushing those subtle ideas out there. For an example, you couldn't buy or sell anything if you didn't have the vaccine. I'm telling you, it's indoctrination. Now, I do want to make it clear. The vaccine is not going to send anybody to hell. It's not. Okay? Whether you took the vaccine or not, God still loves you. Amen? But it's the idea behind it that they're pushing why? So they can indoctrinate people into the beast system. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be more prevalent as the years come. We're living in some serious times. And I, I really believe God is needing his people to be setting themselves apart, being holy. Churches have become become complacent, and God needs his people to be a light in this world. Amen? Amen. God needs his people to be on the right track again. Uh, Continuing on, it says, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. You know, in Isaiah 66, 4, it says, I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did, but they did evil before mine eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. You see what's going on in America? There's so much wickedness in this world. You know, there's... The innocent being put, I mean, it's its really what, you know, woe unto those who put good for evil and evil for good. Amen? People don't want the truth anymore. They just want to do whatever they want to do because they think it's right in their own eyes. But just because, it, just because man thinks that they're doing right doesn't mean it's right in God's eyes. This comes to show you the importance of how we ought to live as Christians. We ought to live by the book. If Jesus did by the book, we also ought to strive to do things by the book. But you know what? We will fail at times, but that's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why we need His grace. Because it's only by His grace and by His strength and by His Spirit you can do it by the book. Amen. We are we we are to be we are called to be a peculiar people. 
But you know, the world is just trampling over the church. That's a sad thing. God's people need to be need to live right. I need to live right. We all need to live right. Whatever case that might be. And I liked what Brother Bill preached this morning. Because it really goes really well with this message here that, you know, if God's dealing with you on something, if you're living in sin, the good news is you can be forgiven, but you have to you have to generally repent. And sometimes drastic repentance needs to take place. Cutting that hand off, plucking that eye out. Amen. It needs it needs to be. Repentance needs to be. Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 16. As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Here's the key part. And for this cause... What cause? The cause of the fact that they have rejected God and rejected the word. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but that's pretty serious. We see a whole lot of that going on, don't we, in D.C.? We see that in politics. We see that in every sphere of life. People are having more pleasure and unrighteousness than pleasure and what God's commandments are. And I'll tell you, there's a time coming. God's going to hand this nation over to cruel authority. But when that day happens, I believe God will use his people mightily. Amen. We might be persecuted, but you know what? So was Paul and John. But the truth grew. People came to the church. People came to Christ. The church grew. Because of persecution. But if we don't turn our ways, if we don't have revival in this nation, we will be handed over to cruel authority. I do not take any pleasure in saying that. Because I don't want cruel authority here. But if we don't, if we don't, if 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 we don't shape up as a nation, that's where it's headed. Amen. Now, last part of this chapter it says that we uh continuing on here finishing up here it says is that we all we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles and samuel heard all the words of the people and rehearsed them and the ears of the lord and the lord said to samuel hearken unto their voice and make them a king and samuel said unto the men of israel go ye every man unto his city Now, I want to close with saying this. 
If you know what happened, if you read about Saul and, you know, you know what Saul did? Saul disarmed the whole nation of Israel, kept back the weapons for themselves. What do you think the, what do you think the politicians are pushing nowadays? Gun control. You see, you see, you see the parallel? So this is what happens when, when we start doing things right in our own eyes instead of doing that which is right in God's eyes. History is going to repeat itself. It, it will. There is no new thing under the sun, amen? But Saul, I mean, and, and, and listen, he was, he was the father-in-law to David, and he went after David like there was no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But you know what? David was of such faith. He said, I'm not going to lay hands on him. He's God's anointed. You know, what does that show you? That shows you that whoever is set up in our nation, even though they're the most wicked, vile, perverted leader that we got, God put him there. And if God put him there, he could take him out. And, puts, and he'll put someone else in there. Amen? And so David understood. He understood about not laying a finger in God's anointed. Even though Saul was wicked. And God was done with Saul. Okay? David, he wouldn't, he wouldn't lay a finger on him. And so I just want to encourage you all tonight. If there's anything that God's dealing with you on, please do get that right. The Holy Ghost is convicting you on something. Get it right. Let's get that right. You know why? Because if the Holy Ghost is convicting you on something, he wants you to get it right. You know why? He wants you to be holy. Be ye holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. Amen. God wants each and every single one of us to be holy. But sometimes, and not sometimes, there's going to be times where God's going to say, you and I got to talk. And the Holy Ghost is going to convict you on stuff. And he's only doing it because he loves you. He wants you to get right. Amen? And I'm telling you, for the lost and dying world that rejects Christ, rejects the word of God, and rejects God, if they die in that condition and they split hell wide, hell wide open, here's what's going to happen. They will get resurrected out of hell. They will. But they're not going to get resurrected to party. They're going to get resurrected and they're going to stand before that great white throne judgment. The books will be open and they will be judged based on what's written in those books. Every little dirty little secret that they did won't be out in the open. Even all the Jan 6 stuff that we don't know all about, it will come to light. God's going to make sure it will come to light. But you know what's going to happen? When they get judged based on their works, there's only one decree for them. Guilty. Do you know why? They rejected Christ. They rejected the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says, if you reject the blood, 
there yet remaineth no sacrifice for sin. Why? Because you've already rejected the very thing that will cleanse you from sin. So all those who are not cleansed with the blood of the Lamb, they're guilty. And unfortunately, they're going to be tossed alive in the lake of fire with the Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, and all those who've rejected. And again, I'm not saying this to scare anybody. But people need to repent. People need to come to know Christ. Amen? Let's all stand together.